you are listening to the Holy Cannoli Podcast. It's all about making sense of life, who we are, and why we're here. Life is sacred and life is strange. And here's our dad, Tony Gapastone. Okay, all right, here we go. And a one, two, three, <laughs> Cannolios, Cannolers, Cannolians, welcome to... The Holy Cannoli Podcast. Podcast. That's right. Life is sacred and life is strange. You just heard that. This is episode 19, 19th episode, and Wendy and I are going to just chat a little bit today. Uh, it's kind of weird to say today, because when I say today, I feel like I'm on, on, like, on a live broadcast, but I'm not. So I'm just going to say... Just send that vibe out there, send though. The vibe. Oh, I want you to feel like it's today. It's Monday morning, <laughs> October what would that well, be? Well, not everyone listens on the day that it comes out, That's but true. this comes out October 8th. Okay. So this would be Sunday, no, Monday, October 8th. Yeah, right? Yeah. So whatever day it is when you're listening to it, it's today. Today is the day. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Well, so last week we had a real intense episode and, you know, when we were talking about editing up last week, I even felt like we needed to pull our intro and just sort of let the episode stand alone so that people could hear it start to finish without any commercials or promotional stuff or you and I even bantering. But I thought the reason why I wanted to do that is because I wanted to have a week to think about it and sit in it. And this week has been a wacky, crazy week just from for me in regards to our country. <laughs> I've been following everything going on with uh, the the vote for the justice, the judge for the Supreme Court, and Kavanaugh. everything. Yeah, everything. Even saying his name a little bit kind of bristles me. So, but to mm-hmm. be honest, uh, but I've been feeling a little um, in the weeds, you know, following everything and trying to engage. And uh, I just did a Facebook Live last week. A couple, a couple of them, just trying to. Let people know that I see you, I understand what it feels like to not be heard, to feel invisible, sexual assault victims. I want people to feel seen. I feel like this just really raised our awareness in the country of sort of a lack of empathy. And that was really discouraging for me. And then add on to it, this whole week I had listened to that podcast four or five times, just editing it Mm. and sitting in it. I thought, okay, give me a little more space to respond to it. So... I, I feel going into this episode, number 19, I'm a little heavy, to be honest, too, yeah. regarding it. And we just watched a movie recently that had a theme of suicide. I was like, dang, it's just, it's heavy. a lot. It's a yeah. lot. And what do you think, I just noticed, especially on social media, you don't shy away from the heavy stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, you'll sit for a week in this podcast editing it. You'll... <laughs> be following up on the news and the hard stuff. And then you'll put something out there. You'll just put something out on social media and I read it and I think, Oh boy, it's coming. Like all your threads blow up people on different sides of issues, you know, come out fists flailing. And so why don't you shy away from that? Because I, that's not me. It wouldn't, I wouldn't feel true to myself if I was silent. I feel t- for me as a person of Jesus, a person of faith, like this is why I exist. I exist to stand up, to stand in the margins, to see people, to help. 
I know what it feels like to be brushed aside. I know what it feels like to be preyed upon by a sexual predator. I know what it feels like to be bullied. That is not okay. Mm -hmm. And I will not let people do that as long as I, with whatever power, which isn't obviously very much, with with whatever position, which isn't very much, I want to see people. The challenging thing is I'm engaging on these forums, let's say the Facebook forum, and the pushback I get the most is from people who you know, I, that know me, people who are my family members, people who are part of our church faith community. That's the wildest part for me is to walk through those situations and go, you know, if you follow me on Facebook, you can see the type of people. You can see whose names are out there. You can see the people that, that we're dialoguing with. And I'm okay with that. I'm trying to communicate in a really humble and respectful way what I think. Mm-hmm. I think as a leader, uh, when and I say leader, like, like humbly, like as someone who's known as a leader or an influencer who had a position in a church and still, I still consider myself a pastor. I think my silence would be detrimental to the cause of Christ. I think with not commenting, without putting out words that I stand in solidarity with those who are marginalized, I think not doing that would be harmful to people and I see that I see how people feel harmed by people who claim Jesus yet do so in a way that seems gruff and aggressive and Mm -hmm. hurtful Mm -hmm. it's okay I want to say it's okay if you are a particular party I don't really engage and I don't come off as a political party. I'm never saying like I'm a Democrat. I'm never doing that. That's not what I'm about, but I'm about issues. I'm about people. Mm -hmm. I'm about standing and having a firm, human, decent expression of those opinions and issues. Mm -hmm. And so when I don't see that happening, I go, nope, that's not okay. My justice side needs to speak up. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I'm trying to be about. So, again, listeners, you can be in any side of the political party you want. You can believe whoever you want, <laughs> really, but do so with kindness and gentleness. Mm-hmm. And your beliefs do not need to degrade and or mock or slander anyone else. And so I took to Facebook to come to the defense of a woman who's giving her testimony, albeit 30 years. I don't care how freaking long ago it was. (laughs) I mean, I do get it. It's crazy. It's a, we live in a weird time, Uh, but we don't mock them. We don't make them look like a fool. If we believe they're wrong, then we expect to process. We trust in our justice system, which obviously is bent and slanted and not whole (laughs) anyway but we need to do our best to honor those things. And that's not what was happening with our president who made a public statement. And he's mocked people with disabilities and treated women, you know, reporters in really horrible ways. So I'm like, you know what? That's not okay. You know, not okay. Yeah, yeah. Not okay. (laughs) I just think that, and you had one of your podcast guests, you were talking about social media and putting yeah. stuff out on social media. Yeah, and I Michelle think, Vilchez, thank you woo! for that. Thank you for that reminder. Because I think, um, personally, I just find it so ineffective. And, mm-hmm. like, this is not the for- format that I want to be speaking to people mm-hmm. about 
hot topics like this. Mm -hmm. But I feel like you set a good example in that you are respectful and that you do create dialogue and you respond to comments in a helpful, beneficial way that could make that productive. Mm -hmm. um, but I see when I just see charged, <laughs> so much, so much charged emotions and yeah. you're not in the physical room with the person and yeah. people commenting with, to other people who don't know each other and stuff like that. You don't know their story and where right. they're coming from. And, um, it just gets me all. <laughs> you get tense. I get tense. <laughs> I'm like, I don't, I can't read this. I gotta go relax. I See, gotta go watch Jimmy Fallon. Oh my gosh. Thank you, Jimmy Fallon, Ugh. for letting my wife calm. Calming me yeah, down. You're a peacemaker for my <laughs> wife in our home. I don't get tense by that stuff. I, you don't. I, I don't. I, and again, episode 14, Michelle Vilchez, uh, she is the director of the Peninsula Conflict Resolution, Resolution Center. And she said something that has really stuck with me. You know, people can't see your body language. They can't see your tone of voice. And I used those words on Facebook this week in interacting with people who are pushing back using strong words like that. That woman is a liar and she's got motives and all this kind of stuff. I'm like, okay, let's just back up. I can't see your your face right now. I can't see it. But these words, as I read them, I'm trying to read them really uh -huh. simple. This is to a person who I know is a follower of Jesus. These do not seem Jesus-like whatsoever. And so let me slip in a few emojis here, a few praying hands, <laughs> a few smiley faces with a halo <laughs> to let you know that I'm just calling you out in love and I want you to know that we can do better. Now, I also, listeners got to tell you, like, because of my episodes with, uh, with Matt Nightingale on episodes 9 and 10 and talking about the LGBTQ LGBTQ community, and I got someone who, I mean, I could read it to you, and I'm not going to say any names, but just someone who said, like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to burn in hell if I don't change and repent from my theology. You're going to. They yeah, were saying you were. They were saying yeah. I'm going to. Yeah. <laughs> the crazy thing was this message came into my private Facebook message. The last message I got from this guy was years ago when he was giving me his gas grill <laughs> so the Thank last you for that by yeah, the so way the last, the the last well. message is i got a free gas grill and the next one is change your theology and repent or you're going to burn in hell i'm like come on man like this isn't this isn't cool and so we were dialoguing back and forth and uh, again trying to be super like respectful and humble tell me what you're talking about like help me understand wh what you're thinking i think i understand i'm <laughs> making some assumptions but i'm trying to be clear and I said, you want to get together? Let's get together. Let's have a meal. Let's get some coffee and unwilling. And the same person then made some public quotes about this podcast. Like, the, it's a disgrace to use the word holy, you know. Next to cannoli. Next to cannoli. <laughs> I mean, come on. We're just having fun, you guys. <laughs> this is so strange. We live in a, such a strange world. But all that to say... I think I just go, I, we have to engage. Some of it I'll just ignore. Like you know, at some point there's just certain comments that I just go, boop, delete, goodbye. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't need that hate on my wall and I don't need that hate on my friends and my yeah. followers. Yeah. Like I'm going to delete you. Some of it I'll leave and I'll interact with. Others I'm like, boom, I'm just going to ignore you or delete you. Uh, but I need to engage because, yes, I want to have face-to-face -face conversations. But the reality is how many people am I actually able to get together with? Right. Right. If I if I say I won't engage because I want face to face, then I'm going to talk to you about it <laughs> <laughs> and our children, <laughs> and maybe Carlos Davides, who I see every other week or th every three weeks now. Uh, you know, so that's why uh, Carlos Davides is a friend of mine. I used to work with on staff of the church I was a part of. 
hopefully he'll be on this podcast. We gotta get soon. him on. So here. if you're listening to this, Carlos, this is your personal invitation. Okay, so that was fun to talk through. Uh, I'd love to hear from you listeners, uh, any thoughts you have about what you're seeing, uh, how we can be better on Facebook together. And Wendy and I actually would love to do a podcast, the whole Q&A podcast. We're going to do it um, like for, uh, in November. We decided we're going to release a podcast in November. So for one whole month, we want to get some questions. What do you guys want us to talk about? Or just simple things like what questions do you want us to answer? We will take every question that comes in, put them in a list, and we'll just go like one after another. We'll just do like five hours worth <laughs> no. of questions and answers because I think we're going to have a bajillion oh <laughs> responses. Hey, I know we can count on. Uh, let's call some people out. Who can we call on? Um, Jody Fernandez. Jody, send us a send question. Send us a question. We're going to call out on you <laughs> to give us a question. Jen Atkins, give us a question. Uh, those are people that we know listen, okay? And no, seriously, we just want like fun. We want to have a fun episode. So give us something fun to do. It could be anything, any question you want. It could be yes or no things. Do you like guacamole? Nicholas Cage. Oh, yeah. That's a big no. That's Carlos DeVitas. That, that, <laughs> that is a 50-50 because I was once called uh, a Nicholas Cage lookalike. Okay? That's crazy <laughs> on a plane that's crazy someone said has anyone ever told you you look like Nicolas Cage and I thought is that supposed to make you feel good <laughs> I'm not sure I, but then you had a first grader think you were Justin Timberlake yeah, just this last week, week. <laughs> I'll take that that's is good. that Justin Timberlake I look around is that Justin Timberlake <laughs> and he's looking at me I'm like hey yeah 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 <laughs> <laughs> I felt so good about myself for two minutes. <laughs> Just taking a little break from my tour to go to, <laughs> to our school. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Okay. All right. So let's do some responses to Kristen Eberwine. So if you didn't listen to episode 18, please go back and listen to it. Hey, and if you're just joining us on the podcast, we have episodes one, two, through this one to go listen to. Mm -hmm. So you can find out more about who we are. But last week we had a woman go in depth in her whole story of grief. We called it the color of grief. And I hope you got to see on our Holy Cannoli uh, Facebook page that we posted her blogs. And just so you know, uh, it, it's called, it's on a, a website called caring bridge. You do, when you click the link, you do just have to like either click through Facebook or put your email in. It's not a big deal. It seems a little scary, but it's not. It took two seconds. And I'm looking at them it's right now. It. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. They're so good. There's so many, um, ep uh, I'm going to say episodes, Posts. so many postings here. And one of the ones I wanted to read, I actually referred to. So I referred this to in my uh, mom's episode when my mom was on. My mom, Robin, was on in episode what episode was that that babe 11 yeah. and 12 oh yeah so 11 <clears> and 12 <throat> and we talked through the suicide of my grandma and i referenced this letter or this uh this reading so i want to read to you this was from the funeral of walker now walker was the boy the son of Kristen, and uh i don't know if she was really clear about this what she was telling but walker did take his life by jumping in front of a train which is Mm -hmm. so sad and just like to think about that uh a life taken in that way really i mean my 
everything within me sort of tenses up, just feels like, ugh. There's no great way, obviously. You know, no one wants to see anyone's life be taken, but of all the ways, I'm like, that one just seemed mm. so violent to mm. me, you know? And as she was telling the story, you might have heard her say she got in a car and she realized she was in traffic. And I think that's what she was and trying to allude to is the reason there was traffic is because the train had stopped. Mm-hmm. Because she was in her car driving around looking for yes, him. Yes, she was looking for him. And, and she felt like, I should go home. And she couldn't just get straight home because yep. there was a ton of traffic because of yep. this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, uh, and if you listen to the to her story, you could tell. I mean, she even said um, she was in France last week and we were texting. And I said, I, I w- those of you who sent um, messages, uh, I relayed to her how the story touched you so thank you all for giving us those fe- that that feedback i mm-hmm. let her know that it was powerful and she said ah i repeated myself so much and i felt like i was in such a daze and after we finished the interview i could tell it she just really felt mm. out of herself which yeah. i could imagine i felt awful in some way having to bring that stuff up and ask those questions yeah you know i appreciated that she kept checking in like do you want me to say this? And like, hey, whatever you're comfortable with. But it was heavy. And, uh, you know, I give her such, gosh, yeah, huge credit for being able to do that. Yeah. But there was one thing I wanted to read because I alluded it to in the podcast. So her husband, Bill, read a story. And if you look, I'll just give you the date of it. So if you're looking on the Caring Bridge uh, link, it's uh, on October 29th, 2013. So this was the month that he had uh, Walker had taken his life, and they did a memorial in Menlo Park. And so this was they have the whole transcript of it, so it's really beautiful. But here's one thing I wanted to read from the memorial. So this is a reflection of what it might have been like when Walker came into the presence of God. And we I talked through this in episode 12 with my mom around the, theolo- the theology that I understand mm-hmm. when someone takes their life and kind of what do we know right mm-hmm. we're just trying to make sense of what we what we can and something that seems really um hard to grasp but the idea is that just because someone takes their life doesn't mean that they're separated from god and we acknowledge there's mental illness that goes in there there's a sense of hopelessness and although there are factions of christianity that believe it is a certain type of sin that would exclude you that's not where i That would send you straight to hell. Yeah, that's not where I stand. And (laughs) people are welcome to have that. (laughs) I would challenge you, encourage you not to for your own sake. But here's something that I thought was really powerful in the way that uh, they described it. So this is... And Walker's dad wrote this. Walker's dad wrote it. Yeah, Yeah. I think in in this blog post, they say that uh, Bill talks about the we. So I assume he and Kristen both came up with this. But this is what they said. Okay, um, I imagine Walker, okay, sorry, uh, where am I? A little further, no. Oh, up, sorry, okay. Okay, this is how we think Jesus reacted to finding Walker at the door of heaven. Walker, what are you doing here? You're early, you are early. Didn't you know we had such plans for you? I know that there was pain, and I know that at times it was all-consuming. Did you forget that I was there with you through all the suffering? I was going to use that and show you some things that you could only know through suffering. And your music, 
we poured music into your life so you could transform the pain first for yourself and then for others. I never left you. I never left you. All of that joy, the laughter that you brought to people, the way you saw the connections and things that no one else saw, we were going to use that to heal people and their confusion. We were going to show people how to laugh in the midst of sorrow and cry in the midst of pain. Tears can sing and joy shed tears. A, simp a glimpse of the big picture in the middle of the brokenness of life, you were going to see all of this and share it with others through your music. And then Bill says, I imagine Walker saying, oh, I'm so sorry, Lord. And then perhaps Jesus giving him a hug. And the Lord says, that's okay. We can still do it. I know how the story comes out. And then the Lord took those plans that he had for Walker, and he poured them out into all of our lives. He took the little bit of life that Walker made out of those dense Jupiter molecules, and he dropped it into our lives. And the ripples moved out much larger than you might expect. And those ripples grew until they were waves. And those waves moved out, waves of sorrow and waves of joy. And then Bill goes on to say to the people that are at the memorial, you and I are feeling those waves. All of that suffering that was so intense and concentrated in Walker and part of God's plan for him is now spread out among us, his pain and his plan in you. Each one of us that has been touched is going to be used to God's purpose. It is not in vain. It is not in vain. We do not know how it will show up in our lives, but we ask you to honor Walker by praying about this. Let God direct you. Hmm. So I remember being at the funeral when that happened, and uh, that was really, you know, for me, significant when I processed my own grandma's death, and I think for anybody who's lost someone to suicide, to try to make sense of the afterlife can be really daunting. And there are people, as I said in the earlier podcast, who will try to Christianize it and cause more pain by saying things like the worst thing you can possibly say to someone at a funeral, if you are a person of faith, and I've heard this before, was, was she a Christian? Did he know the Lord? I mean, what if someone didn't to be able to say no? It's like, what are you going to say? Then they're not in heaven. I mean, it's just the weirdest space to mm -hmm. have to live in, in grief. Mm -hmm. But like I said, you know, someone told me that my grandma was in hell and that for me to even think that or say that out loud would be misleading other people. And so I know that it's totally a delicate thing. And even mm -hmm. in last week's po podcast, as I was talking to Kristen, I was saying, you know, I couldn't take my life. I, you know, I'm not brave enough. And I don't mean to say like, oh, someone, gosh, they're a hero if they do. That's not what I'm saying whatsoever. I don't want anyone to take their life. I don't want anyone to feel they're so hopeless that they want to end it. But I, I can understand it. And you know, you and I were talking off the podcast that I sometimes, and I, I think to have to to admit this, you know, makes me feel scared because I don't want you know someone to show up with a straitjacket and throw it on <laughs> me. But I get to places where I, you know I'm a pretty positive guy and I like to look at the bright side of things. But then it's heavy, you know. You carry all these things, you know. Mm -hmm. um, you carry the the weight of you know caring for your family or all the problems of the world or your own disappointment in yourself or like I've had this chronic mouth pain for you know two decades it can just like oh sometimes you just let it sit on you and you're like oh yeah I could see how someone could just want to end it all and for me I've had thoughts like every teenager every 
young adult growing up, you have what I would call depression in a non-medical medical state. Like, mm-hmm. just feel sad. You feel mm-hmm. heavy. You feel like this this week in general and America's history was depressing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, I let it just sit and do what it needs to do. And I tell myself the truth. I listen to music. I pray. I read scripture. I meditate. And I just don't let that take me out of control. But I have to sometimes go, hmm. I have to let my mind go to if I got to a place like Walker did, which I don't, maybe he didn't do this. Maybe he didn't have the capacity when someone, we don't know what's in someone's brain. Yeah. My grandma, obviously, I, I'm making these assumptions, didn't think through. Because maybe if she did, if she had the ability to think through, she wouldn't. But I have to go, man, could I take my life? Could I leave you with three girls? Could I leave you with all the things that there is? Could I like let the ripple of pain affect my family like that? Could I let the church that I've been a part of, could I do that? No, I couldn't do that. So that's why I have to think through those things. I have to think through the consequences. I have to let my mind go to that place. I mean, we've talked about this too with divorce. Obviously, I'm never going to get divorced. I never, you know, I, I I don't think it's a good decision. I understand how people get there. I get why it can happen. Mm-hmm. You know, listen to my friend Matt in his uh, episode and uh, talk through, you know, that in episode 9 and 10. And I get people have been through some really crazy things. That's not our story, but mm-hmm. in my lies or in my <laughs> flesh, <laughs> in my like, life is so hard. <laughs> <laughs> I go, I have to think about divorce. I have to think about separating. I have to think about that because my mind goes down the story and I see what it would do to you. I see what it would do to my kids, what it would do mm-hmm. to me. And I go, no, that's enough. Mm-hmm. I don't need to go there anymore. And maybe that's because I hope, because I'm mature <laughs> and I'm emotionally equipped to deal with that thing. But I have to go there in my mind. So I'm just wanting you to clarify because I feel like people might be listening to that and thinking um, that that's the same thing as going through depression or dealing with a mental health issue like Walker did. Mm-hmm. You're saying tools that you give yourself to get mm-hmm. out of a funk, mm-hmm. but I think you're in a different category, yeah. like you're saying. So you can understand the feelings that somebody might be feeling when they're considering taking their life. Yes. And you're saying you can understand how they would get there or how yeah. they would um, be feeling so hopeless. Mm-hmm. I just want to make clear that what Kristen was sharing about Walker was that his mental health was an illness Mm -hmm. and that Mm -hmm. he needed some serious intervention and serious help. And so that's the encouragement, you know, I guess, and I'm no expert on it, but I'm guessing there's a range of what's healthy and Mm -hmm. normal and everybody feels like they can get into a funk. They can get moody. They can feel depressed. And then there's the clinical. Yeah you know, um, being diagnosed with an actual, I don't know, diagnosis. Yeah. I think that would be good to get someone who can talk through that yeah. from, um, you know, a, a psychological standpoint. Uh, I think all of us, you know, who are listening, you know, we can find ourselves in that spectrum somewhere. Where are you? You know, do you feel as if you are at a place where it does feel out of control, where you're not able to 
take care of you know the the steps for health and protection of your mm -hmm. life in your fam or your family or someone in your family a child that you're overseeing or have guardianship over and so finding in, you know getting some intervention getting some help getting some counseling uh, talking to a doctor I mean those are all things that are necessary mm -hmm. and I think in the time that we live in uh, you've got some great if you work for a company you've got insurance those things usually are covered and usually usually uh, an hopefully. employer hopefully mm -hmm. will give you like they even call them mental health days I believe right like if you need some space like that what's that uh don't they call like uh, like the ability to take off some time? I think there's you know certain I'm stipulations. I'm sure some employers are more generous. That's with true. That, with That's that true. Than others, yeah. But yeah. And if not, then you know I go. Gosh, uh, find a safe person. One of the things I wrote on my uh, on my Facebook post that was you know around the believing people and not mocking them was that that our need for finding safe people that we can talk to is super crucial, I think, in this life to, to simply survive, that if you don't have somebody that is trustworthy, who can direct you in the truth, who can mm -hmm. encourage you to take care of yourself, who can say, hey, if you're self-inflicting you know, wound or pain on, on yourself, like we have to do whatever measures is necessary in order to ensure your safety. So mm -hmm. I said, uh, find safe people you can trust. Don't allow the circus of lies to prevent you from being whole and comforted by safe and trustworthy people. Take care of your hearts because you are worth it. <sighs> so uh, with that, I mean, I think I also was listening to Kristen and feeling what was surfacing in me is, gosh, like life is hard <laughs> regardless. Like yeah. hard. There's so many things. And as a parent, I was really identifying with her sense. I mean, she had three boys, mm -hmm. but with our three girls, they're younger. But I mean, I felt overwhelmed just trying to manage them, their lives in general, you know. And uh, from what I know, they don't have any diagnosed issues. They're just three crazy, crazy kids. They're yeah. three crazy kids who all ha they have worries. They have freaking homework, which mm -hmm. <laughs> you take the, the brunt of that. <laughs> they have relationships at school. I mean. They just went back to school and started new classes. And I am not an anxious person, but this transition in our life has caused so much instability for me that when I'm walking them to school and they're like feeling nervous about going into class because they don't have any of their friends in their class, I'm trying to fix it and navigate it. And that's overwhelming too. And then mm -hmm. I feel inadequate because I can't, I can't be in there and help, you know, my daughter make friends with her, mm -hmm. you know, her desk mate. And that's, just feels so incapacitating. I'm just walking yeah. home from those conversations going, the only thing I can do right now is pray. Yeah. There's so much out of my control. There's so much that I feel overwhelmed. And that's, again, it feels depressing. It feels sad. I feel a sadness, you know, mm -hmm. from all that stuff. So listening to Kristen going on top of that normal crazy feeling, she's got, a husband who's mm -hmm. suffering through cancer mm -hmm. and she's got a son who has some mental illness that she didn't even realize at the time. Mm -hmm. And then she's saying she, the way she was wired was, what she does she was, call it? She could just focus on one yeah. thing at a time. So she was like, yeah. okay, I'm, I'm taking care of Bill. I'm getting his yeah. treatments under control and figuring that out. I could totally relate to that when she said that. I think just with our 
raising three kids. No. I think that that's no. exactly how what I notice. Okay, this girl needs the most right now mm -hmm. and this issue in her life is the most pressing and so the other ones I know are happening but they're <laughs> going to have to be tabled for now and I'll get back to mm -hmm. it and I'll deal with that but this is like the big issue mm -hmm. and then it's then it shifts eventually and it's you know somebody yeah. else's issue but um yeah. but I can understand you know how things could go by and and she couldn't notice them because she mm -hmm. was wrapped up with what she was doing to care for her husband mm -hmm. I think this story comes to mind. Remember when one of the girls had a ladder drop on her in our garage and one of the other comes yeah. in and it's like, so-and-so got, the, the ladder fell on her. And then I, was I there or just was you telling you me? You were that? there. I okay, I don't even remember sometimes, but <laughs> in my mind I was there. <laughs> Thank God. And I ran to the garage and I pulled the ladder off and she's crying, right? And I remember trying to process that later in the sense of understanding people in pain or understanding uh, in a small way God's perspective of the world which is a limiting trying to me trying to make God human but when your one child has a ladder falling on them mm -hmm. your focus is on them mm -hmm. you don't love your other children any less but your focus and your energy is over here and I remember thinking about that from a global like from God's perspective, why he, why God, the transcendent, the divine is always seeming to point us, Jesus, to the poor and pointing us to the, to the marginalized mm. and pointing us to women and pointing us to those who are excluded or forbidden by religious leaders to be included. I remember feeling a sense of awe in a small way I got that. Like he doesn't love anybody any less, no. but these people need more yeah. at the moment. Yeah. That was really freeing for me or maybe empowering for me that, yeah, your your understanding of who's in need and why it's important. Like, again, going back to how we started the podcast, why it's important to stand up. Mm -hmm. I don't think I post those things in order to change people's minds. At least that's not my first priority. Mm -hmm. My first pri pr priority is to see people in need, is to identify with the lonely or with yeah. the suicidal or with the bullied or with the forgotten or with the poor. Like That's why I want to stand mm -hmm. up and speak up is because they are the ones with the ladder on them mm -hmm. and I want to pull the ladder off and say, I see you, I see you. And I hope other people can be changed in the process. Mm -hmm. As they see you seeing people. I hope, that, yeah. That's powerful. Yeah. Another thing that Krista mentioned that um, I just took note of, I mean, there was so much in that that brought my mind to so many different places. But one thing I liked was when she talked about her friends and being a, a friend who comes around somebody in grief and in pain, um, I always feel like, I don't know what to say. I'm scared I'm going to say the wrong thing. Like, you're like, the worst thing you could say to somebody <laughs> is you this. You never do that. <laughs> I'm like, am I going to say the I'm worst sure. thing you could say? Okay, to uh, <laughs> did you go to hell? I mean, you would never do that. But I think a lot of us can feel sure. paralyzed with like, this is so heavy and huge and my words feel so trite. Yeah. So I love that she talked about her close friends that were just there. They were just present yep. and they would be like, do you want a sandwich? Mm -hmm. Do you want to, <laughs> do you want to go out to eat? Mm -hmm. Just be there. Yep. And 
that was encouraging. I thought I could do that. I could be a friend that could just be there and then offer you food mm-hmm. <laughs> or hang out and just sit on your couch with you. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. I like that. I like the uh, like people don't remember anyways what you said. They honestly don't. They mm-hmm. remember that you were there. Remember that you stood by them, that you showed up and that you cared. And I think it's a beautiful thing to be able to admit like I really want to say the right thing. I do, but I think it's better for me just to close the mouth and wrap my yeah. arm around you or just sit quiet until you want to talk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's good. Thank you uh, for processing that with me. I wanted to do that. And thank you, listeners, for engaging. If you did not see the quotes, we pulled out some quotes and put them on the Facebook page so that you could see some of the things that really stood out to us, like where Kristen said, I didn't see the signs when she's serving others. That's when she feels like she's out of her pity party. Uh, Mm -hmm. She's talked about how she took things personally. She was asking, Mm -hmm. what am I doing wrong? That was a quote. Like She thought Walker's depression was her her fault. She Mm -hmm. said she had no experience with mental illness, and she wanted this perfect, idyllic life, and she felt like mental illness wasn't part of that perfect, idyllic idyllic, Mm -hmm. uh, equation. But she said it's a huge gift to have people who just sit with you in the mess. So all of those quotes were uh, on the Facebook page. The Suicide Prevention Lifeline, important. I would put this in your cell phone. 1-800-273-8255. That's 1-800-273-8255. I'll also post a really cool video on the Facebook group of a woman who started a text line, which is really cool. I mean, this makes Mm -hmm. sense, right? We live in a time and space now where you can actually have a counselor text you Mm. so you can do counseling by text and this makes sense for youth right they're living everything online so this woman created a lifeline via text and people are texting in because it's even more anonymous right Right. she said the lifeline could prevent people because they don't want to hear on the other end someone like (gasps) a gasp or whatever they don't want to hear that judgment at first they want to feel like can someone just see me through a text first so really cool Mm. we'll post all of that on the facebook group the holy cannoli facebook group Okay, well, uh, that's this, episode 19. Wanted to tell you, let's give you a little sneak peek to what we have coming up uh, in the future. So we have uh, my friend, Matt Nightingale, mm, who's going to be back on. Back. He's coming back. And he's going to share some more thoughts on LGBTQ theology and more personal response. He actually did a Q&A kind of with uh, somebody after the last podcast who reached out to him and then he recorded all of the questions that this person and he sent it to me and so I'm going to put it out there so that'll be really cool sweet we have comedian Angela Johnson that's Angela Johnson (laughs) for people who did not understand Angela Johnson I don't know why I said it like that I don't know you're excited (laughs) Angela Johnson she's a comedian she was in my film Neighbor which was which is on Amazon uh, right now. Uh, she's going to be on talking about how she experienced uh, her sacred, strange life of being a comedian and actress mm-hmm. and touring all over all over the world. She's cool. on Instagram. She's a funny person. She lives like her life just super, you know, in the public eye. It's very interesting. I have Laura Turner coming on. She is a writer who lives in San Francisco. She is a very strong advocate of women's rights, and she writes for all sorts of magazines, like Relevant Magazine and different things like that. And she's been through miscarriages and uh, finally had a baby boy. 
this year, and she's going to just talk about just the experience of that like mm. motherlessness and all the different strange things that come mm. with people in dealing with miscarriages and then becoming a parent, all that kind of stuff. And who else? I have Roger Huang, who is the uh, founder of City Impact in San Francisco, who started a church and a rescue mission and a um, clinic and a school in like the roughest and toughest part of San Francisco, where there are three major crimes every hour. And they have uh, just human trafficking happening. Tons of uh, three to 4,000 homeless people coming through this one mm. square mile. Mm. And he just radically revolutionized this space. He's the subject of the film, 33 Days, that I'm producing right now. So he's going to tell his story, too. So cool. lots, more, lots more stuff. Don't forget, if you want to have some uh, Q&A with T&W, <laughs> <laughs> T&W Q&A. Put some messages on the Facebook Send page. Send those burning <laughs> questions our way, you guys. <laughs> Give a lot to Wendy, you guys. Let's get Wendy <laughs> chatting. Get me up. answering some questions. Send them to me at my Facebook page or my Brave Maker, Tony at BraveMaker.com email. And check out Brave Maker. So we are starting a, uh, I am uh, starting a Brave Maker podcast in January. So a new podcast is going to be lit up and it's going to be all about storytelling and screenwriting and people who are writing and making films. You're going to hear films be dramatically uh, read by actors on this podcast. Uh-oh. And then we're going to interview all the creators of that. So it's going to start with the, the feature film that I'm working on called The Thorns We Live With. So you'll get a maybe a little sneak peek before the end of the year, but that's going to launch uh, in January sometime. So Sweet. Okay. BraveMaker.com for that. And thanks for listening. Anything else, babe? That's it. Peace. Adios. Holy Cannoli Podcast is a proud production of Brave Maker Media. For more information or to donate, go to bravemaker.com to make your tax-deductible donation today. You can post questions or suggest topics for the podcast on our Holy Cannoli Facebook page or use the hashtag Holy Cannoli Podcast on Twitter and we might read your question or suggestion on air. Thanks for listening to Holy Cannoli. If you liked my dad's podcast, please subscribe, give it a review, and share it with someone you think would be encouraged by it.